Hi, and welcome to the second Ignite Women in Fitness Business event. I'll be at this one a little bit different. This time last year, we had a crowded room of enthusiastic women all talking together, collaborating together and sharing their experiences. It's a little different this year, but we come to you from my lounge room at home. My name's Nadine and I'm from YMCA Victoria. And I'm gonna be talking to you today about creating the next generation of future leaders. I've been so fortunate in my career to have worked with some amazing leaders over a 25 year period. I've had amazing leaders, mentors and colleagues. And from those I've learned so many great ways to help cultivate and develop the next generation of leaders. What I'm gonna be talking about today is things is four tips I think that have really helped me develop and grow the next generation of leaders or start developing the next generation of leaders. There's so many other things out there that I've learned along the way from textbooks, from studies, and same with you. You know, we think about manager versus leader, leader as coach, thought leadership, emotional intelligence. They're all things we can learn. But what I'm going to talk to you today is the theory, is the actual practice, putting that into practice and the successes I've had. I'm going to talk about some not successes, so some failures or some learnings along the way. But in, in general, some great successes. I think about over my career, I've had some young, I had a, a young girl that used to attend my aerobics class and I remember she used to work at Macca's and I encouraged her to, to do a Cert 3 and 4 in um, in in fitness and she now runs the one of the most successful small group training and PT studios in the inner city. I've also had staff who have worked for me that have stayed with me for many years and, and we've worked together on their leadership and how they lead and develop teams who have gone on to manage large aquatic facilities or commercial health clubs or work in with um, local government. So I can share some of those successes with you today. I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to share with you because I'm so grateful for the leaders that I've had along the way that have really helped me in 25 years. The first thing I'm gonna talk about today is always recruit with leadership in mind. So even if you're recruiting for customer service staff, membership sales staff, health club staff, even cleaning staff, recruit with leadership in mind. And I'm gonna talk about a practice that I've been doing for many years that I've, uh, discovered some amazing leaders and some amazing people through this process that want to be the part of the future of our industry. Now I'm going to talk about it pre-COVID, but we're going to be looking at different ways we can adapt this process now that we're in a new environment and we're all working on how to slowly start reopening our facilities. We talk about group interviews. So I imagine post-COVID-19, we'll be able to still run group interviews we need a larger space with maybe lesser people, so we're practicing social distancing. But I've also been thinking about it over the last couple of days, about some Zoom meetings, some Zoom interviews, and how we'd conduct those. Now I talk about how I run group interviews. And the reason I do this is be quite often, quite often, and what I've found is that if you put an interview out for someone, if you put an invite to someone out for a two-hour interview, group interview, sometimes people don't turn up. Sometimes people applied for this job because they just saw the ad and they're like, oh yeah, that'd be a cool thing to do. But what I'm really trying to attract is those people that want to work in this industry, people who want to make a career about being in this industry and people who want to work with me and my teams. So I set a 
two hour time frame for a group interview. The first hour is generally myself or a team member talking. And the way we talk, what we talk about is our expectations. So we talk from the start by applying for this role. These are the expectations we have. I talk about priorities in life. And you think we do have competing priorities. Some people might have their family, they might be studying, they might play social netball, but they might play competitive football and they might have a beach house or a boyfriend that lives on the other side of town. And then there's work. So when I set the expectations, I ask the people in the room to think about their priorities in their life. And I'd really like developing a career or working with us to be part of their top three to four. And that way I know they're not gonna have competing priorities. It's okay to be heavily involved in competitive sport or three or four different types of sport, that's okay but then this is probably not the workplace for you. I ask them to think about their availability. Are they available to work mornings, evenings and weekends? Because that's when we're open. I talk about communication and that as a business and as a team, we will communicate clearly with them. But on the flip side, I also expect them to communicate clearly back to me. I expect them to be a team player and 100% I expect them to be there for our customer. Everything is about our customer. I want to know that they're passionate about helping people and delivering great customer service. I expect that when someone walks in the door, we all stop and everything is about that customer. I also talk about their willingness to learn. Do they want to learn? Do they want to grow? Do they want to discover other opportunities within our business or other opportunities outside of our business working in some of our other facilities? So I set the expectations really clearly. It's then I talk about what they can expect from us. So if they meet all our expectations and that it really excites them about coming and delivering them and I think they've got the skills, behaviours and attributes to, to fulfil those expectations, I then talk to them about what they can expect from us. We have a learning and development department, so we take our learning and development of the staff very seriously. We work on individual performance development plans. So where they want to grow, what they want to learn about. We create opportunities to work across sections of the business. We create opportunities to be part of to be involved in the planning. We create opportunities to be part of working groups, the strategic working groups, that planning side of it, but also high performing groups. How are they going to help us be high performing? And that really is important with the younger generation, with millennials, is creating that sense of collaboration and teamwork. And I'll talk a little bit about that later on. So what we've done in the group interview is said, these are our expectations. And this can be your expectations of what we're gonna to deliver to you. And then we play a few games. We get them to speak a little bit about themselves to see how they interact with others, how they speak publicly, how they present themselves. And then I recap at the end of the two hour group interview and pop my email address up on the whiteboard and say, if you are interested, if what I've spoken to you about, about today, you think excites you, you can fulfill our expectations, you're keen to learn and grow, then shoot me an email after this and let me know what excited you about today, what your availability is, and that you're keen to progress to the next level. Because what happens, and then I also explain, sorry, what happens from there that if you're not interested, that's okay. We can't be a place for everyone. If you're not interested, you don't have to do anything. It was lovely to meet you and simply walk away and have a great day. And there's been times where about, normally it's around 70 to 80% of people 
um, email and that are interested. I've had people ring me and say, look, I am, but I have other competing priorities at the moment, Adine. So maybe it's something for me down the track. I just want you to know that I, I would be interested, but not just at this very time. Great. So first one, always recruit with leadership in mind. And I'll talk about a time I, I distinctly remember two years ago doing a, um, a group interview for customer service staff. And since those two years, I had two great leaders come out of that um, customer service interview. One who went on to be a health club coordinator across a couple of my sites and now works for Sport and Rec Victoria. And I often get messages or texts from him saying that he's still so grateful for the opportunity we gave him and the learning that um, we presented to him along the way. Another one was a girl that applied for customer service, went on to work in the health club and complete her yoga training and now runs her own yoga studio. So in those small two years, just identifying those people that are really passionate about what they do and want to work in this industry. The second one is a really easy one and most of you would know this, but I just simply recall years ago making the same mistake twice um, and I'd hate for anyone else to do it again is the superstars of their craft are not always the best leaders. So I'll tell you a time where we had a superstar group fitness instructor and we all have superstar group fitness instructors. And I was short, I needed a group fitness coordinator or group fitness manager. And I approached her and said, look, you'd be great. You take great classes. The members love you. Lead the team. It'll give you some extra hours where you don't have to jump around. Um, and so she came on board, she was really excited about it, but we soon realized that she can entertain a crowd, she can take a class, she can know how to do a step touch and put a class together. But she doesn't know how to have those difficult conversations when classes aren't performing. She, doesn't, she didn't have the patience to sit down and analyze the data of what classes are working, what classes aren't working. She didn't have that eye for detail for doing payroll and nor did she want to. Um, it was a difficult conversation I had with her, but once I approached it the way I did, she soon realised that, yeah, I'm really great at what I do and I don't need to do something else. Exactly the same um, mistake I made with a great personal trainer. Fulfilling his books, he didn't have a, a, a single moment to fit in any more clients. He knew how to build his business. He loved training people. And I approached him about being a, a PT manager. Um, he took the opportunity um, but soon realised that to get paperwork in on time, to process timesheets, to and all those sort of things, he didn't want to do. He didn't want to coach people to grow their own business. He knew what he needed to do and he was passionate about growing his, not about others. And that's okay. So sometimes we, we look at those superstars as they're the people that know the best about their field and they're the ones who should be leading the team. Whereas leaders... A quality of leader is someone who knows people, someone who has that humanistic side, can talk to people, work out where they really want to go. It's not afraid to have the difficult conversations. It's not afraid to have the great conversations and send praise and knows the greater needs of the business and works towards that as opposed to being a great a superstar in their field. A great group fitness coordinator doesn't need to be awesome at putting a step touch or a class together. They need to know how to get the team to work together. They need to know the needs of the business. And they need to know, analyse results, get back to members, have those conversations about feedback to members, have difficult conversations when classes aren't working as well with instructors. Number three, working with millennials. Really interesting one. You know, in 2015, millennials took over being the greatest work for upcoming workforce. So we need to know how to work with them. They're, they're probably our leaders now. They're probably some of our leaders now. 
or definitely our future leaders. Millennials love to have training. So emphasize what your company can do or what you can do as far as their training and development. They like to be collaboratively with and they like to have transparency. So if you're a person that sits behind your desk and does all your planning and then rolls it out to your team, it ain't gonna cut it for millennials. Collaborate with them, invite them to planning meetings, invite them to attend sessions where you're working out where the business is going. Talk to them about what, what's happening in the business. A really big one right, right now is we're doing check-ins with our teams. This is what we're doing, this is what we're planning so that when we reopen, you know what you need to do. It's not gonna be a surprise. We're not gonna open the doors and all of a sudden we can't have this many people in here and, and this is a new process for this. We're taking them along the journey on the way. They love mentorship. So think about millennials, they've been guided by their parents most of their life and they like that guidance in the workplace. Pair them up with someone or get them to choose a mentor who can take them to that next level. They love team, focusing on your team. And this comes back to, I work uh, across six sites at the moment and we have strategic working groups and we have high performance working groups and getting your team involved in that. If, they, if they're a future leader and they're a customer service staff and you invite them onto that, they'll love to come. They'll love to have their say. They'll love to be collaborated with. So working with millennials. The final thing I wanna talk about that I think sets a leader, a great leader to an exceptional leader and how you can take your stuff on that journey is the human side of being a leader. We, and I spoke earlier about the training you can do around leader versus coach, around um, manager versus leader, we all know that. You can do studies on leadership, but it's that human side that takes you to the next level. And in the last two Ignite Fitness Business events, I've spoken about this because I'm so passionate about it. It's showing that human side. Now, I believe as a leader, if I show that human side when I'm trying to develop my team and I share that with them, that it's okay to be human. I, I've got a story, I had a girl, um, she's an upcoming leader that's working with me and she was having a really hard time and she broke down and cried and she locked the door she said i do not want any of my team i don't want any staff to see me i want to be a strong leader i don't want to be weak i want to be seen as strong and i said that's okay to cry and i shared a story with her that three days earlier i'd got upset because something was i was struggling with something um it's okay to sh to cry a it shows some vulnerability it shows that you're human and it shows that you're authentic Let's talk about authenticity. We've all worked with people who tell us what we want to hear or spin us around a little bit and tell us it's going to be all right and send us on our way. Being authentic, letting your staff know if you do not know something, that you'll find it out for them. Letting your staff know that, no, that cannot happen at this stage and this is the reason why. Being authentic, letting them know a little bit about you. And the final thing is gratitude. And I've, again, spoken about this at the last couple of night fitness business events because I cannot talk about it enough, is gratitude. You know, the University of California has done rigorous studies into the conscious practicing of gratitude and that it can improve the overall well-being of your life. In, in, in fact, it's a human, it's a, it's a mental health intervention. And that's what these studies have shown. So by practicing gratitude in your life, it improves your overall well-being of your life. So practicing at work, and I put this, I, I practice this all the time with work, and I can imagine post-COVID-19, 
we will be practicing it a lot more. Thanking my team for what they do, being grateful for the work that we do. We don't sell dodgy cars, yeah? We sell health and fitness. We help people improve the quality of their life. And as leaders, we help our future leaders become the best version of themselves. And I truly believe that practicing gratitude in the workplace improves your overall satisfaction of your work life. I absolutely love everything I do about my job. And I'm now more than ever grateful that I have a job. And I think post COVID-19 going back to our teams and celebrating the work we do and being grateful that we're able to come back, albeit it's gonna look different, it's gonna feel different, but we'll be able to come back and we'll be able to celebrate and be grateful for the work that we do and the, and the impact we can still have on our community and our members. So practicing gratitude, but sharing that practice with your team. Uh, after the last Ignite Fitness Business event, I had several of my team members actually come and listen to my talk around gratitude and the practicing of it in the workplace. And quite often now receive little texts or messages saying, Nadine, I'm really grateful for the assistance you gave me today or I'm actually grateful that you're my leader. We, we have such a great time at work and, and we're doing such amazing things. So let's recap on the four things that I believe have really helped me build up some great leaders, some up and coming leaders, but it's also developed some of our amazing leaders that we have in this industry at the moment. And one is recruiting with leadership in mind. We quite often recruit at the last minute because we need people on the front desk or we need sales staff but recruit with leadership in mind. These people, this person that you might put on for 10 hours a week as your customer service staff may be the next facility manager. Think about your superstars in their craft. They're superstars in their craft. They may not always be the best leaders. Think about the demographics of your staff, the age of your staff. Are they millennials? Because they well well not be now. It may be the next generation coming through. Do some research on how old your staff are. And if they are millennials, collaborate with them, bring them into the fold, ask them to do some planning with you, ask them to be part of some working groups and inform them about the training that's coming, the professional development that you will share and give, with, give to them. If they're not millennials, do your research. Who's working for you? How do they like to be led? And the fourth and most important one I feel is how you lead. Are you authentic? Are you human? Are you vulnerable at times? And are you grateful to work with the people that you do? Thank you so much and good luck in the coming weeks opening your sites. I look forward to seeing you all soon. Thank you very much.